Hey, this is Brimstone, and you're listening to Roger Reichardt on the Gamerheads Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Gamerheads Podcast. My name is Roger. Along with me are my good friends and co-hosts. We have Carrington. Hey, hey, hey. And Chris. Yo. And Phil. <laughs> Uh, yep, I'm here. <laughs> I know. I, I always feel bad whoever comes after Carrington. Carrington has such a good, you know, energy. He's got his catchphrase. And he's got his catchphrase. And then you're like, when you follow him, you're like, do I have to have a catchphrase myself? I don't know. <laughs> you have to sound cool. You, know? you get to sound cool. Uh, I don't even think I say cool. the same thing two weeks in a row. I just kind of that's whatever true. comes you out of my mouth. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a good point. I do a lot of planning, damn it. You have you have the catchphrase of being random. Like if somebody was to make a, a draw doll of you, it'd be like three thousand different phrases because it'd all be different. You know, most <laughs> of them be swear words in there, but there is that. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the show, everybody. If you like what you hear, we want to know what you think of the show. Leave us a review at uh, iTunes, on Google Play, on Podchaser, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll read your reviews on the air. And at the end of this episode, I should say, stay tuned. At the end of the episode, we do have an interview. Uh, we're going to try to do more interviews uh, in the podcast. And this week, we have an interview with Todd Mitchell. He is an author of the book, the new book, Inside Video Game Creation Development Experts Share Their Stories. He has a really good knack of asking excellent questions. He's a podcaster, too. Um, he's really good knack of asking really good questions and getting... Um, some really interesting uh, feedback and conversations going with, with his guests. So stay tuned for that. We talk more about that and, and such. But before we get into that. To be clear real quick, yeah. not Todd Howard from Bethesda, right? No, did I say Todd Howard? No. Said, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, Todd, Todd Mitchell. Todd Mitchell. I was going to say Todd Howard. Okay, okay. I, I didn't think I said Todd Howard, but I, if I did... I didn't mean Todd Howard. I meant Todd. Mitchell. Just having some fun. <laughs> I always feel sorry for the person that has to answer Carrington's questions because. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we go on to what we're playing, I do want to ask you all the question since E3 just happened. We're kind of like in this hangover E3 hangover right now. I feel like I'm um, just hung over. Well, that's true. <laughs> Phil, this is just a normal day for Phil, actually. It's actually uh, not true. I'm not hungover today. If it's yeah, everything's not yet. Fine. Not yet. No, that'll be tomorrow. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite moment or announcement from E3? So, so Car- Carrington, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, kind of hard to have favorite moments because it was like, I don't know. I guess it was all basically pre-recorded video so it's hard to have like moments like oh hey there was a band on the stage or you know things like that but yeah yeah um i'm going to start with the halo multiplayer uh Mm. portion specifically i mean the the pre-rendered trailer was for the single player story was still really good but seeing that multiplayer in action was insane i think i watched it at least two times since the announcement because it was it was just that good I did nice. too. Yeah, totally agree. And you got to like you got to take it apart, you know, mm-hmm. the second or third time and see those little moments. 
Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that was really good. Um, yeah, Wait, I'm are not, we doing like a top three, or is that like just just one moment or one thing? Well, if you have another one, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure. I still yeah, have to build ahead, up to, to you know advance wars. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> let me ask you. That's not higher than the multiplayer, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> hands down. Last really? year was Fancy Star Online too. What are you talking about, bro? <laughs> really? I mean, yes. I'm, not, I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm a fan of Advanced Wars, and I'm glad that it came back because it's been. I guess what was that one game? Uh, War Groove. War Groove. You're a big mm-hmm. fan of that, right? I am. I am yeah. very much so. Um, so I'm glad to see it. The the franchise come back. It was. It's been a long time, but that was higher than Halo multiplayer. Oh yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. Absolutely. The only thing Arr. missing is for Nintendo to say something about Battalion Wars, which is it's like spiritual cousin. Oh. Yeah. Um when does that game come out? Next year? This year. Come this on. Year. Don't, be sh- don't be saying stuff like that to me, man. It's this year. Let's go. This holiday. Wow. I can tell you the exact moment it was announced because my phone went off about 14 <laughs> times. <laughs> That wasn't seeing those new beautiful sprites and it's the first (laughs) two games. Let's go. What's to say? This isn't like a test, you know. Maybe Nintendo's going, Hey, let's just put this out there, put some feelers out there. Maybe we'll start it again because it was reboot. So who knows? Wow, you are a big fan of this franchise. Very much so. Good God, I can't I can't talk about it enough. (laughs) (laughs) I think the last the rest of us if you can. <laughs> I think the last advanced war, I mean the true advanced war that I play was on the DS. That was a, okay. Yeah. That, there's a couple to... of them. There's a couple of them on the DS, right? Yeah, there was got dual strike. There was dual strike which was really good and then there yeah. was another one I don't remember the name of it. It was okay. That I mean, one was a reboot. Okay. It was a reboot. Aren't you a little worried that no, no. So, because that reboot was very dark in just everything, like it was super dark. Like, what is yeah. this? Advance was supposed to be fun and lighthearted, and that was like completely different. That, that mm. just that wasn't the spirit of Advance Wars. Okay, okay. Anything else that captured your eye besides those two games? <laughs> probably. I mean, I'm sure everyone has other moments that I'll probably be like, oh yeah, mine was that too. Yeah, because I don't want to take anything away from anybody else okay. either. All right, fair enough. Uh, thank you, Carrington. What about you, Chris? Uh, so, you know, I was kind of disappointed overall, mm. you know, and I think we all kind of felt that. Um, but I would have to say, other than Halo, um, Sea of Thieves, I mm-hmm. think that'll be really fun. That's cool. With Pirates of the Caribbean and joining up with Disney. Um, you know, I hope they have really cool storylines in there and, and possibly some like more action parts but we'll see you know it comes out on the 22nd right so yeah we'll be on there i got it downloaded i'm ready to go (laughs) yeah i saw on sunday they're having like the devs talk more about okay uh the like expansion yeah in depth and it's free yeah that's crazy when's the last time that you've seen an mmo come up with a free dlc i mean maybe but I think it's just our online too. Okay, okay, good point. Good point. <laughs> but I'm thinking I'm thinking World of Warcraft. Like, think about World of Warcraft and like every new like 
uh, maybe it wasn't, I mean, it was precursor to DLC, right? But I mean, it was basically mm-hmm. DLC, new box sets, right? And it was just like expansions. Expansions is a better word because it wasn't DLC. It was an expansion. But this is an expansion because um, there's missions that are tied to uh, Jack Sparrow and such. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think I think we were, I think the three, well, Mike was in the stream too when we were streaming the Xbox one. I think we've just felt a little underwhelmed, right? Because we yeah. just wanted to see more gameplay, I think, than what we did. Yeah, They, they made a lot of announcements. We just wanted to see more gameplay. I want to um, be clear. You're talking yeah. about the Xbox conference, not E3 as a well. whole. Correct. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yeah, no, because I think, okay, so I'm going to, I'm. I didn't, I was going <laughs> to wait to go on this rant, but I'm going to go on this rant right now. <laughs> Um, you know, I think it's okay to be critical of things, right? And be constructive. But I will say this, all the negative, because I watched E3 the whole, all every day. Um, and the amount of negative comments that were being made in the chat about oh, games, yeah. about games that they didn't, hasn't even come out yet. This is garbage. This is garbage. This is crap. This is terrible. No, I'm not saying every gamer is that way, but my Lord, come on. Like people like, you know, and, and, and when you go to in defense of saying like, Hey, you know, somebody made that game. Well, you're trying to defend big corporations. No, I'm not trying to defend big corporations. I mean, I think Bethesda showed a lot of games. They, they caught Xbox Bethesda. I shouldn't say just Bethesda. Xbox Bethesda showed a lot of games. Could they have done a better job? Sure, absolutely. But, you know, I'm not going to criticize the devs, right? They put a lot of work and effort into mm-hmm. that. Um, I just, I think we have to think about that when we criticize events like this. And the other thing that kind of ticked me off was all these people <laughs> saying, oh, oh, oh these, these hosts, oh, they're terrible, blah, blah, blah. Like, come on. This is, we're coming off a year of pandemic. We're still in this pandemic. Like, People are trying to navigate this. Like, let's let's all just cool off a little bit, right? And just and and like I said, it's okay to be critical and it's okay to be constructive. But the comments that I saw in chat was just, and not just in chat on Twitter too. <laughs> I, I shouldn't I shouldn't I shouldn't just leave it to to chat. It was on Twitter as well. There was there were some folks on Twitter that I thought like made some really good points. Like if your whole day is going to be spent tweeting about how terrible E3 is, maybe you shouldn't pay attention to video games anymore. Like that seems unhealthy. <laughs> I feel like that's just the internet. Yeah. Well, like everyone's negative. Everyone's just <laughs> trashing someone else. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I do think a little bit of that comes out of jealousy. I do. Oh, yeah. um, for sure. You know, like, and I also well, think it's easier. And I think a lot of people think, oh, look how smart and, and you know creative I am that I'm coming up with these snarky remarks. Like I think it shows I think it has more courage to be positive about things and say, I like this, because more people are gonna throw rocks and for whatever reason, uh, you know, insults at somebody that says, Hey, I like this. Well, you're stupid then. You're dumb if you like that. You must be a stan. I don't even know what that <laughs> means, but apparently my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> I literally South had a look. Park. <laughs> yeah. Park reference. Is yeah. that what it is? I'm pretty sure. Like Stan's always the one that 
you know, uh, goes against what everyone's doing. Like, right? Is like, that he's really the, what it's for? I mean, I don't know. He's I always mean, the middleman. I don't know. No, no. That's if a, you stand something, you're for something. Uh, then, oh, okay. Like, you love you it. You love it so much. Yeah, this, I, this is this is terms that like I stand. I, no, 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 not S-T-A-N. just S T A N. See, I'm thank you, thank you, Chris, because I felt really dumb. I had to look up the no. meeting today because I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm an advance worse stand. That's what that's what that was. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess my question for everybody that like is absolutely hating on E3 is what were you honestly expecting to come out of E3? Right, right. You knew there wasn't going to be a new console announcement, console announcement yep. with the exception of potentially the Nintendo Pro. You knew you were just going to see a small handful of games that are going to be coming out sometime in the future. Yeah. Because that's what E3 is every year unless they're unveiling a new console. Console. Mm-hmm. I can't talk. I, I, are people pissed because nothing got shadow dropped? Is that what it's all about? Like, oh, this is coming right now. Like, you're just gonna get game announcements. You got some big game announcements throughout the course of it. Somebody's not nobody's gonna be a fan of every genre of a type of game that was released, mm-hmm. but nothing that ever comes out of E3 is necessarily mind-blowing, mind-blowing, except like, by the way, here's your first look at the next PlayStation or Xbox or Nintendo or whatever. Like, outside of that, it's a showcase of games mm-hmm. that are coming out. Yeah, I, I think go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, like, I feel like I only watched the Xbox one, but I feel like they needed a break between yes. a lot of those, right? Yes. Like, you're still absorbing what you just saw, and then they're instantly jumping into another one, like, exclusive, exclusive, like, <laughs> slow down, let's take a little break, let's let's get someone out here talking about the game a little bit, and I feel like they didn't do that at yeah. all, like, I think they had one person come out and talk about one of the games. And then after mm. that, it was like highlight, highlight, you know, just yeah. trailer, trailer, trailer all the way through. So, well, that's I, why I think they did I, a good job with, five, with the Forza Horizon 5 because they did yeah. bring in the devs and yes. talk about it. Right. And yeah. it was cool. Um, and, yep. and I and I wish that there was more of that because I think yep. that's where the negative comes from is, is, I mean, I shouldn't say the negative. I think that people would be harder to be negative if it was the developer coming and saying look what i created right yeah see i don't think so i think people would bitch about that saying nobody gives an f about what these people have to say just give us the games Mm. especially when it's in a virtual format like it is if it's a live audience in front of the people that are out there talking you're gonna get that feedback from the audience you're gonna get the woos and all that kind of good stuff yeah but when you're presenting in front of a green screen or whatever i didn't watch any of it you're not getting that actual live audience reaction well, there's so a live just... audience there. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. Was the <laughs> They're in the middle of a stadium. Like, <laughs> yeah. totally missed that film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you because I know California just opened up like two days ago. <laughs> so I, th- I think that's like a big part of it. Like, you'd get people complaining that they brought up the devs to get no reaction when they're talking about things and highlighting things. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, just mm-hmm. give us the games instead. Nobody wants to hear what these guys have to say about yeah, their product. That's, I mean, I think you're just going to get people that are going to bitch one way or the other. People just yeah, like to complain. It's the internet. Yeah. It's what they do. Yeah. Also, think about it. Like it's, Nintendo has been virtual for what five, six years at this yeah. point. They have yeah. it down pat at by this point. So when they had theirs, and you know they have it where it's paced really well. Um, you see maybe three, four, or five games. Small break. Take in what you need, and then they move on to another three, four, five games. Whereas, you know, everyone else is still new to this whole virtual thing. They've only this is their second attempt at it. It still took Nintendo a couple of years for them to 
after they made the switch to virtual. So it took yeah. a couple of years to get the whole presentation thing down, but they've got it down. They've got their formula and everyone doesn't have a formula. They're, they're pretending as if it, they, they do have that live audience, but there's no reaction and mm. it makes it a little bit harder. And I think you're right too, Roger, or maybe it was Chris, I can't remember, who said it was just games, 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 yeah. games. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with showing a bunch of games, but how many of that am I remembering or retaining yep. outside of your big franchises like Forza or Halo? Other than that, I was like, did the, I had to go back into the list to see what was announced everywhere because it was just so much. There was no breather anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounded like a Nintendo stand. <laughs> i am i am i will admit it wasn't the perfect presentation they, they i feel like they missed out on some announcements but still i mean the, the whole presentation as a whole their formula their their format their template so to speak they yeah. just have it down now so they know how to pace it yeah 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 but see and this is this is the thing right like our discussion here is a good discussion like i think that's that's a healthy discussion saying hey slow down the pace so we it's can not see. I'm having a cigarette in the middle of this well, discussion. Not not Phil, but the rest, <laughs> the rest of us, the rest of us. My my point is that I appreciate those conversations, and those are the conversations we had on the stream. It is the people that just poop on everything, and I know it's the internet, but oh my gosh, this week was just rough, and I was just, I, well. Phil knows because I was venting to him almost <laughs> every day over like how frustrated I am over some some of the comments that were being made and stuff like that. So um, it was like advanced wars was revealed for Roger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not positive, going to let that go. Hey, are you, <laughs> am I, am I a positive stand? Is that what, is that what I am? A positive stand? It depends on the topic. I guess you're right. You're right. I'm not always <laughs> yeah. that positive. Am I? Um, sorry. I totally derailed us there. Uh, Chris, did you have anything else? You no, no. <laughs> I'm good. This is all good discussion. Uh, it was good discussion. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Chris. What about you, Phil? Oh, wait, do I even ask Phil? Like, you didn't even watch anything, did you? I was working. Some of us have jobs <laughs> in public in front of people where we can't just stare our phone all day. Went back and read some highlights. Okay. What did you see? What did you see, Phil? My favorite part of E3 was all the negativity on the internet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking when I say that. I honestly thought Microsoft, from what I read, I didn't actually watch the presentation, knocked it out of the park. They threw a whole bunch of day one titles coming onto Game Pass right away. That's huge. It's a big selling mm-hmm. point for anybody that's looking to, quote unquote, save money by spending money. Mm-hmm. But you're getting all these big titles that are coming out right away. Sure, not all of them are for everybody. Not everybody's into driving cars or shooters or anything like that. But at the same time, I feel as though there was enough variety that was offered throughout the course of what I saw that they they put out there, that it was a pretty solid presentation of, hey, look, you got Game Pass. We're going to hook you up with a whole bunch of stuff for game one on day one. You don't have to pay $60 for it until we pull it off of Game Pass, and then you're going to have to. But that's a side note. Yeah. But that's kind of what impressed me the most was just Microsoft being like, we got a bunch of really big titles coming out, and they're coming to you same day as. And I think that's a baller move on Microsoft's end. Yeah. 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 I, I will also say I'm excited for the new Metroid game because I do like my 2D side scrolling. Metroidvania, mm-hmm. Metro. Well, in this case, just a Metroid. Metroid. Game. <laughs> no Vania needed. No Vania, just the Metroid. <laughs> yeah. All Metroid, no Vania. Uh, I do, like I do how, also. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I do like how Nintendo announced it. They're like, "Hey, Metroid Four is still being made. Don't worry." 
but here's something else. And I thought, I thought for sure when they said another Metroid was coming out, they were going to, it was going to be like the other Metroid game they had, I think on the Wii U, that was kind of like a multiplayer based shooter. Well, the Federation one, the Federation Force. I thought it was going to be something like that for a second, for a hot second. And then I saw Uh, like Samus and I'm like, this is, it's a legit Metroid game. This is great. Yeah, I think if I learned, wouldn't have been driving while that presentation was on and I would have been glancing at it, I thought they were coming. Uh, I thought they originally were showing because it all started out like in third person behind Samus. And I was like, oh, they're just doing a prime whatever port over, especially because everything leading up to that that they'd announced was all like re-releases, ports, stuff like that. I'm just like, oh, cool. They're porting over the prime games. No, I never have to open up my Metroid Prime 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, yeah, I was a little surprised. I was- next. Actually, I was surprised that they weren't going to... I mean, when they said it's going to be a 2D one, I was just like, oh, it's going to be uh, Samus Returns, right? Like, mm-hmm. remake that they made, which is fantastic. And if I will say, if they put that on the Switch, I will buy it again. I have it on my 3DS, but I will yep. buy it on the Switch again. Um, but yeah, they did a good... I thought it looked amazing. It really did. I'd also like to give Nintendo a lot of credit for having the genius and the wherewithal to put a character from a fighting game into a fighting game. I know, that right? Is high class intelligence right there. That's thinking outside of the box. Like yeah. everybody's expecting something huge. Let's give them a character from a fighting game. I thought good move Nintendo. So it's funny that you say that because I saw that and I was like, Tekken? Are they coming out with a Tekken remake? Oh, it's in Smash. Oh, okay. Yeah, that guess that makes kind of sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, and th- I thought actually that part was actually pretty funny because they had. I thought that was brilliant by Nintendo to just yeah. open with a new Smash character and then just move on. Because if it was like in the middle somewhere, it would have yeah, killed the pace. Yeah, it would have. It would have. But I thought it was pretty. F- I mean, here, you know, he's grabbing all the different Nintendo characters and throwing them off the cliff. And the last one was Kirby. <laughs> and really, I thought the same thing. I was like, don't throw, don't throw Kirby. Why are you throwing Kirby? And he throws him off the edge and the Kirby flies away in the background. I was like, oh, that, that was, was great. That was so Nintendo, wasn't it? I thought that was very Nintendo. Isn't that how they started their like pre-game awards one too? Is by showing off Sephiroth and then going into their yeah. the rest mm-hmm. of their spiel? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How do you pronounce? Do you think his maybe name? they? Wait, how do you pronounce his name? What are we making fun of the way that I pronounce no, Sephiroth? I, no, no, because I I always pronounced it differently. I'm just interested to hear how you pronounce. How it. How do you pronounce it? Sephiroth. Yeah. Sephiroth. What? It's Sephiroth. Sephiroth. There's Sephiroth. an eye in there. Yeah, but the Isle of Silence. I, they I even always... sing. It's even in the song. They go, Sephiroth. I always just pronounce it Sethroth. I, I mean, I guess. That... That's, well, that's I... that Wisconsin education for you, Roger. It's it's That's a shout out to you, Jordan. I know you're not listening, but it's a shout out to you. <laughs> so, so <laughs> uh, it comes from me last playing that on PlayStation 1 in 1997 phil that's when i played it and i probably played it under a lot different conditions than you did (laughs) you probably did especially in 1997 (laughs) okay any (laughs) anything else no but no i wish there was what was that you actually got to see breath of the wild too oh yeah that's true that's true uh for me oh go ahead go ahead uh, No, I no, was actually please, really shocked continue. by Mario plus <laughs> Raving Rabbits 2. I did not think that game was going to get a sequel at all. Mike <laughs> called that last oh, week, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he did. I think yeah, yeah, he did. He did. He was pretty upset when that got leaked, though. And it's funny who leaked it. Nintendo. Well. Nintendo leaked it on their own site. Oh, they did? 
Yeah, they accidentally posted it early before the Ubisoft conference. Bunch of dummies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't come out till next year. They should have let Ubisoft announce that because Nintendo's always got enough of their own stuff they going did. on. They did. Ubisoft did announce that one on Saturday. I was working. They they announced it. so Ubisoft <laughs> had its Ubisoft had pretty much the first. Yeah, they the had Ubi week. Ubi Play or whatever. Ubi Forward or something like that. What's or Ubi Play or Ubi. Never mind. I can make a completely inappropriate joke, but um, myself for good. But yeah, they did announce it at their at their press conference. But that morning, Nintendo posted on their site a page for Mario versus Mario and Rabbids two, and it was like, "What is this?" And that's that's when Mike Mike texted us all and said, "Don't go on the internet right now. You're gonna see a lot of." Uh, spoilers if you do and he was really upset about that and i said are you upset with the one that was announced by nintendo and he's like yes that's one <laughs> so gotcha uh anything else Karen? <laughs> before i give my my why are you going back to carrington it was my turn are you done phil <laughs> yeah okay i'm done okay <laughs> um should we go round two or something is that what you're suggesting no, we're not going around nope. to on this. Um, I don't have so, anything else. I told you everything I knew about E3. <laughs> <laughs> so for myself, um, I do think that's really cool that Xbox is having all those games come out uh, day one on the Game Pass. And uh, this is the first time that I own uh, an Xbox. Well, no, I own an Xbox before. But I mean, like the new gen. And I'm super excited about that. Speaking of which, Chris, congratulations, by the way. Yeah, yeah way to go, Chris. Chris. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Finally got my Xbox. <laughs> Welcome to the future known as the present. Yeah. <laughs> still downloading things. It's still going. Yeah. Oh, so. The hard drive's already full. Like, yeah, I bought an expansion card like week number two, and everybody's like, yeah. why? And I'm like, because it's full. Yeah. yeah. It's the same size as my old one. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like, I put, Two more games on there and it's overflowing so yeah yeah, yeah. oh well um the ssd yeah. cards do go on sale pretty frequently though you can usually get them for like 150. okay i think even i nice wait yeah the <clears throat> xbox one that plugs in that yeah, yeah. it's 200 yeah. normally the one yeah. that's 200 normally mm-hmm. really yeah i grabbed mine for 150. all right let me yeah. know not an external hard drive I mean, no. it's external. You plug it in. No, no. I mean, plug it in. You're not, plug it in. You're not taking the entire thing apart and installing it. It's like a little card you plug in the back, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I meant not an not uh, an external like like a Seagate hard drive. You're talking about the actual no. one that was okay. No, it looks yeah. like a little memory card. Like you just plug mm-hmm. it in. I, I know what it is. I just said okay. I didn't realize it dropped to 150. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sorry. I've seen it. I, that's how much I paid for mine. I've seen it a handful okay. of times for that that cheap. Where? Uh, I got mine. Target. Okay. All right. Well, keep an eye out Target. for me. Uh, <laughs> anyway, my favorite moments were certainly the Game Pass. I and the thing is, like, I I love the Game Pass. I think the Game Pass is such a great deal. It's so funny because PlayStation has what PlayStation Now. Um, also knows the PlayStation. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I just don't understand why. I mean, I do understand why Game Pass is doing better because they're just bringing much more 
games from different studios to the game pass like how cool is that um so very excited about that and then um i would say the other big one for me like the game that i'm really looking forward to and i i know i've said this before is 12 minutes that game is so interesting to me i thought of you when i saw that actually yeah uh and Luis antonio is such a nice person like um i'm really excited for him so well we'll see i hope that that uh you know that comes out in august wow that's crazy my birth month oh and then what was that game that's coming out? Oh, the flight simulator flight simulator. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. That comes out next. Oh, that comes out this month yet, actually. Yeah. At the end of this month, I think. Yeah. Do you guys find it weird that you can pre-download all the games that are av- that are gonna be available? Yeah. Like that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's why my hard drive's full. That's that's the reason right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you already got back for blood downloaded? No, no. I got the flight simulator oh. and the scent, I think is the other one. There might be gotcha. another one on there. But. Quick question: How big was Flight Sim? Because it is like well over two hundred fifty two hundred fifty seven megabytes. Okay, I don't think it's I don't think it's the full game. I think it's just uh, like that makes sense. Yeah, or it's all streamed to your Xbox. You know, that could be because I, I think yes. I think Based on what Flight Slim is streamed on the Xbox One. I think I, I was reading. Okay. I was just going to say that. So this is one cool thing that was announced today. So it was today's being Thursday, the 17th. So what was really cool, they extended Xbox. This is, I think they, I think they realized maybe they did go too fast with a lot of their announcements because they're like, we're doing the Xbox extensive E3 where they went into a little bit more with the games and talked to the developers <clears throat> of the games and such. And one of the things that they did mention, um, or maybe it was during, um, one of the IGN meetings. I'm not sure, but they mentioned how they're bringing a lot of these games that are going to be, uh, you know, the X and S series exclusive, uh, not exclusives, but like that they work the best on those systems. But if you have the ultimate pass, I believe that's what they're saying. If you have the ultimate pass and you have an Xbox one, they're going to actually show you how you can uh, utilize the streaming uh, or the cloud service, I should say. Um, for playing those games on your Xbox One through the cloud service. And hmm. I think that's a huge, especially since it's such a hard, right now it's so hard to find these systems because um, they want to come out with exclusives for the X and the S, but they can't because not a lot of people have an X or an S in their hands. So that's one way that they're trying to get around that is by offering it through the cloud, which I think is so cool. Very smart. Very yeah. smart. Yeah. Now you sound like um, a Microsoft stand. Can't help it. Oh, wait, that's me. So you got PlayStation <laughs> out here, like, no, no to them or anything. They're like, oh, yeah, you can play this right now if you have a PS5. But who has a PS5? Nobody. Because you <laughs> can't find them. Phil does. I do not. I do oh, not. You don't. You don't. No. I almost got in line for Virtual Q today, but then I remembered I was trying to buy a new car, so I didn't want to spend 500 bucks on a PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay. Can I just ask one quick question? Do you think it was a mistake for PlayStation not to be there? I don't know if mistake's the right word. But I think it kind of makes them almost seem petty. Mm. Like, uh, not that they're necessarily above their, the event, but why not just have a quick hour-long state-of-play type of a thing? Just why not? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not proving anything by not doing it. Everybody else is doing it. You should do it, too. Be a lemming. 
Well, they're saying that they're going to have their own summer event later this summer. Well, it's going to be the end of summer then, and nobody will give a sh- about summer. Well, that's that's kind of, you know, it's it's along the same, this is my thought on this. It's along the same lines of, like, Target, like every, not just Target, I should say, I shouldn't say Target, but every company on Black Friday is always trying to get their deals out the doors before the, before their other, before the competition, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're going into, like, doors open on you know thursday at one o'clock and this is like well what happened to black friday well who cares about black friday anymore it's now black thursday right but the idea is that if you can get your your doors open before anybody else they'll just shop at your store and be like we're done we're not gonna Mm -hmm. go shopping anymore right and i don't know i feel like this might shoot playstation in the foot a little bit if all these people are getting super excited about all these other games and if they're going, you know, and you know, Xbox does have games dropping really soon here. Uh, you know, if they're spending, if they, you know, not everybody can drop, you know, $60 on three or four games in a row. Um, right. As opposed to paying, it, let's say it's one a month and you're still right. paying $15 a month. You're still at, you're at $80 then for four major titles. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, did PlayStation shoot themselves in the foot by going later saying, look what we got. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're kind of over the excitement. Now we're playing with the, we're we're playing with the toys that we have. Right. (laughs) Same thing with Christmas, right? You always open up like the coolest looking gifts first. And you're like, yeah, I don't care about the rest of them. I'm going to play with this one for for the rest (laughs) of the year. Use that toy to open up the rest of the gifts. Exactly. I'm just going to use my DualSense 5 controller to open up my PlayStation box and put a new disc in, and uh, we're good. Unless the first pe- present you open is a pair of socks, and you're like, no, I need to open something else. This sucks. No, man, I'm always jacked about the socks. I love I am socks. too, actually. I love socks too. I, I uh, yeah. Anyway. I, uh, I would borderline say I've got a sock fetish, but it's not a fetish. I just really appreciate cool socks. Would you say that you're a sock stan? Yes, I would. Okay, I would okay. say I'm a sock enthusiast. Do you wash your socks before you wear them? <laughs> yes, you have to. What? I wash. What? I wash everything before I wear them. I don't know. I don't. Not the socks. Not I don't, socks. Yep. socks. I yep. wear the socks right mm-hmm. away. Underwear, I wash. Obviously, there are certain there are certain high end socks that recommend that you wash it before them because they make them be more fluffy. How? What kind of I socks are you that. buying that are high end? <laughs> I socks? have. Dude, I've got a lot of socks, and some of my socks are like $20, $30 a pair. Holy cow. I thought, like... I'm telling you, I'm a sock enthusiast, man. Like, no, I you are. Socks. You are. I usually have, like, weird socks on, if you look at my feet, unless I'm going to work or I'm wearing shorts, and they're just little, like, ankle socks. But if I've got long pants on, I've usually got fun socks on. I love socks. Why wouldn't you wear fun socks when you're wearing shorts? That's the best time to wear fun socks. Well, because then they're used up to my knee, and then I get this really effed up tan line that goes from, uh, like, all I've got tanned is my knee. Oh, I see. I see. I look yeah. really weird naked. I look even more weird naked, I should say. Would they call that a fill? <laughs> <laughs> I just broke two of you. I saw that. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, sorry, not to go too much on a tangent with socks, but you know, <laughs> my my wife loves loves socks. She loves. She has all these different pairs. And I said, "Why?" You know, and they're they're fun socks, right? And I was like, "Why do you have yeah. socks?" And she's like, "They're fun." And then um, I got a fun pair of socks, and now I have more socks than her. And she's like, "Whoa, I think I I think I made a monster here," because I'm like, "Ooh, Pac-Man socks! I get ooh Sonic socks! I get those ooh Mario socks! I get those ooh Zelda yeah. socks! I get those. Yeah, I get it. I have. Donkey do you Kong have like favorite? Big- 
Do you have big fluffy winter socks, like the big wool no, socks? Uh, I have oh, one. Dude. I have one pair. One pair. I have one. Those pair. things are heavenly. Yeah, they are nice. They are nice. Except, I mean, they're. I only wear them during the the winter, though. So. Well, yeah. I know they are very nice. It's seasonal socks. Yeah, but my I don't wear my Cubs socks in the winter. <laughs> or my Cubs socks in the spring through fall. My socks Obviously. are more fun. Yeah, yeah. No, my socks are more like video game related. Like I'm wearing. I'm not gonna put my foot up so you guys can see. But I'm wearing my Zelda socks right now because I'm wearing my Zelda shirt. So I I am now buying socks that match the clothes that I wear. I usually wear taco socks on Tuesdays. Wow, this is a great conversation about socks. Welcome to Sockheads. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how all this started, but I'm sure it's somehow my fault. I'm sorry. I'm uh, not sorry at all. No, that's fine. Starting uh, a sock podcast next week. Screw yeah, you guys. Yeah, I should. <laughs> um, so anyway, so yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good conference. I just, I um, like I said, I was just disappointed by some of the negative. Well. I shouldn't be surprised. I don't even know why I'm even that upset because it happens every year. Mm-hmm. It just seems like, oh, you know, the other thing that really upset me. Sorry, I'm not gonna go. You know, because so you guys were saying like, oh, it'd be cooler if they had devs. They did have devs like at separate conferences, right? And they had, um, you know, different, different like topics, and all these people are just like, this is lame. This is stupid. This is dumb. Blah, blah, That's blah, what blah. I was just saying. Yeah. Yeah, I threw a pen. Yeah, <laughs> that was very disappointing because a lot of them were about like cultural, uh, like like culture and gaming, like you know, like um, like women in gaming, um, you know, for example, and, and like all these people, like this is dumb, this is stupid, I don't want to watch this. It's like maybe, maybe you can learn something. I don't know. What do I know? Wow. People who think you can't learn stuff. I, I was going to say, <laughs> yes. I learned about the world around me is video games. That's I'm not right. even joking. Oh, no doubt, man. I wouldn't know who half the players in baseball were if it wasn't for the show. Right. That's a good point. I learned, I learned in a video game today, or not today, but the other day, that cashews are related to mangoes. And that's why if you have a cashew allergy, you may actually have an allergy to mangoes as well. I did not know that. Oh. Interesting. A character in the game was talking about cashews and mangoes and the allergies. <laughs> I learned the rules for cricket by playing a cricket game once. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, so that's how I learned how to play all sports was video games. Mm-hmm. It's true. Knowledge through video games. It's there. It's hey. power. Including things like Beyond Good and Evil, which is my favorite video game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Psychonauts 2... Not yeah. speaking of, but like that's pretty exciting. That is exciting. That's exciting. Also coming straight to Game Pass because yeah, Microsoft yeah. rules. Because I'm a Microsoft stan. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. And I'm excited. And they have achievements. They do have achievements. So does PlayStation, though. No, those are trophies. Those aren't those the same. are trophies. Yeah, those are different. You get some BS number that's attached to it. We're like. Actually, achievements have got like a physical number attached to each one that you get as opposed to like barely Lots. moving a bar along the line to get you to that next level as opposed to having like a hard number. Like, yeah, I'm level 12 and like 62% on my PlayStation <laughs> score where I can be like, yeah, I've got 230,000 achievement points. Which one sounds cooler? Yeah, the actual point but, number. But what do you do with those points? 
look awesome. What do you do with yours? <laughs> Nothing. I don't do anything with my points. I don't have 230,000 of them. You don't look awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, my Xbox says, hey, this is how you compare to your friends this week. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> there are some people I'm just like, I, you're better than me. How dare you? Chris yep. is always ahead of me. Chris is always ahead of me in the points. Um, Phil is always ahead of me in the points. So I don't have I don't have a switch. I just have Xbox and PC. So. I, I have one and I don't touch it. <laughs> yeah. Switch does not have any kind of achievements or trophies or anything. So certain games do, but the system certain games do, yeah, it. exactly. Like Tetris 99. Hey! <laughs> you know what Nintendo but like does you have can't... though? They have gold coins, Phil. No, I'm just joking. That was a joke. I mean, I think that, I, I think those gold coins are a joke. Although I have bought like really cheap games with those gold coins. I'm like, oh, I could buy this really cheap. I could buy a game for two dollars with my gold coins. All right, cool. You could buy a I, fight for two dollars. You can. You can. <laughs> I think I got like smash half off thanks to those gold coins. Oh, okay. After doing the indie focus podcast, I could probably buy Mario Golf at this juncture. <laughs> yeah, you probably could. You probably could. <laughs> coming out soon to a switch near you. That's true. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Wow, that was a long <laughs> segment. Let's move on to uh, to games that we're currently playing. And Phil, since we're going to go around the other way this time, and based on my screen, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're next. So, and we ended with you. So I'm going to start with you. Uh, what games are you currently playing? Um, I played a game that I'm not going to talk about until we get Mike to rejoin us, yeah. which I just briefly mentioned, but I won't go into detail about it. Outside of that, of course, I've been playing MLB The Show. Um, after taking a two-week hiatus, I jumped back into Resident Evil Village, also known as Resident Evil 8, and I have gotten a lot further into it, and I am enjoying the ever-loving hell out of this game at this point. Like, I got into the actual castle itself where you meet the family and all the weirdness that happens. And again, the intensity gets ramped up that much higher. And I can't emphasize enough how good the sound in this game is with headphones on. Mm. It is killer. It's beautiful. I on a, I was going to try to take a nap this afternoon because I didn't feel great last night. So I went to bed super early. So I woke up super early. And when I was going to go take a nap, I couldn't quit playing Resident Evil, so I didn't take a nap. <laughs> like, I was just like, but I just got this, so now I can open up this door. Now I got to see where this takes me. And it's gorgeous and it's super well done. And I've heard a couple of people complain that the game's boring. And for those people, you're stupid. You've never played a Resident Evil game before. What are, what are your thoughts so far on Vampire Lady? Um, the internet. Dude, I'm going to be moderately weird for a second, but there's a lot of weird fetishes that can be scratch played in the course of this game. <laughs> like, not even just with her, but okay. she's got, like, three kids as well that are, like, could definitely be seen as fetish material, too. And uh, sometimes I feel kind of weird playing it. <laughs> <laughs> like, down there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning things about myself playing this game that I didn't know about myself, and I'm 43. Let's put it that way. Are you a? Are you? Would you say you're a vampire stan? Um, I didn't think so until about six hours ago. Okay. okay. All right. They're not even vampires, though. Just the ones kind of. It's really, really well done. Like the way that they do all of the storytelling in this. I'm thoroughly enjoying this game. 
Yeah, I don't know. The fetish thing out there kind of is a joke, but like there's seriously like these goth chicks that just kind of beat you up. And like if you've got a goth chick thing, you're definitely going to dig this game for the wrong reasons. Okay. Great. Great uh, (laughs) synopsis there. Thank you. Uh, Anything else, Phil? No, because I haven't gotten a single challenge that I threw out there for golf, and I'm still waiting. Well, I mean, Kyle challenged me, but I'm just going to kick his ass as soon as we're done with this. <laughs> uh, Matt hasn't challenged you? Oh, Matt doesn't have the game, does he? Matt doesn't. Have, it's free to play this weekend, so tell Matt to jump on it. Somebody text Matt. I will tell Actually, him. Actually, all of you guys grab it this weekend and jump on board. I have it. I can. have it. Well, what are you waiting for? Step up. Because I'm not going <laughs> to beat you. The challenge was to beat you. I can't beat you at this game. All right. How about I'll keep play. within five strokes? No, that's that's never going to happen. I'll play. I'll play the game with you. I'm never going to beat you at it. I'm not. Well, that's all you have to do is play it with me. That's all that okay. matters. Okay. We but should have. I'm gonna. We should do that. We should have a golf outing, all of us. That'd be fun. It's up to yeah. four, I think. Up to four. That's it, it does. Well, unless you play the divot derby, which Kyle and I played the other day, which is kind of cool. It's like speed golf, basically. It's uh, it's almost like battle royale golf. I meant to talk about this. Wow. Um. So there's 20 of you to start with and two or three people get eliminated per hole. And it's the first person to get the ball in the hole Ooh. like advances. So like the last three people to get the ball in the hole don't, don't advance and it drops off. My second game that I played of it, I took first place. If that doesn't tell you anything. That's what's up. <laughs> and uh, it's actually a lot of fun, but you can all group up as a party and play that way. And you can join like golf societies too. So we could have like our own little golf click. Oh, like a golf club club yeah it's the name of the game well it was the name of the game <laughs> we should do that that'd be actually a lot of fun you don't have chris you don't have that game do you Mm-mm. No. no i think it's but on sale right now it might be, i think it's like 15 or 20 bucks right now i did just drop like 700 dollars. so that's true what if you're willing to play if you're willing to play golf i'll gladly venmo you 20 bucks to play golf. <laughs> It's great. Uh, it's so much fun. Is it? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, anything else, Phil? No, man, I'm done. Uh, what about you, Chris? What have you been playing? Uh, so I have a couple new games that I bought before I got my Xbox. Uh, one of them is the Bioshock Trilogy. Oh, yeah. It was, on, it was on sale for like 10 bucks or something last week. Yeah. You are um, speaking my language right now. Yeah, so I never played the Infinity one, so that's the oh, first one. Oh, that's I, the best one. I, that's Hands the first down. one I jumped into. Oh, uh, you isn't played that so creepy. I feel like it's not the creepy. Third yet. one, Infinite. Yeah, yeah, that's creepy. No, what? I don't creepy. think so. No, no. What is nice and happy and up in no. the skies? And... When, yeah, no. The society that they're building—that's that's messed up. That is well, creepy of course. All hell, well, that dude. part's messed up, but it doesn't have the general vibe that like the first one. No. Has. Yeah, when you're in the water. Yeah, like yeah. it's definitely rapture is something else. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but I mean, it is creepy, like the cult, and I don't know. I almost it... definitely that part is. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I love that, that game. I thought that Gosh, was that game. ending is so good. Oh, I love that game too. I love all the Bioshock games. That's why I said you're speaking my language. Yeah. Sorry, nice. Chris. No, that tell yeah. Us, tell us more. Oh, I haven't gotten that far yet. Like I, I think I'm on the second or third. I'm gonna call it level, like the loading okay. areas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just got the crows. Mm. So, okay. 
which is pretty cool. And I think I'm about to get another one. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm, I feel like that timing's coming up, right? Where you, so you're past closer. the racist part then, right? The racist part. Yeah. I, don't think so. I remember, right? I don't no, think he's so. past, he's past the racist part. Is he? Yeah. Well, there's, there's, okay. are, there's hints of it for sure. Uh, but I don't, I haven't seen anything that's like super extreme yet. I don't think. Really? Maybe I, I thought, have. I don't know. I think, well, maybe, maybe you had a, like the parts I'm thinking of, like you kind of had to seek it out. No, you didn't. Yeah, seek it out. you kind of did. It was like a coin-operated machine type. Yeah, of thing. yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I haven't really gone into those too much. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Okay. So for like, oh, I a forgot couple. about those. I forgot about those. Yeah. But what's cool about the game? It, to me, it reminds me how simple games can be that are still yes. really good, mm-hmm. right? Like you look at the graphics the the skins on the apples right like the apples are just these simple uh layers on top of something and then it's just a skin of that looks like apples and they're not perfect when you get close to them but from a distance they look good you know so it's i don't know i really enjoy those things i am more of like the i'm curious how they make things so it was really cool to see that and then it kind of like in my own personal life of making fun games or whatever for work and for just personal um it really brought things back like oh i don't have to go super detail i don't need to do these things to make mm-hmm. a great game so mm-hmm. right uh, yeah so that was cool it was like a breath have of you uh, have you gotten your companion yet in that game no i have not oh no. her ai is so wonderful you're gonna dig the hell out of that okay so there oh, okay must be the woman i assume um or is it yeah. a dog or something okay no it's 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 a it's a girl yeah mm-hmm. okay a female yeah i see her in the picture like so yep i assume she's coming at some point cool. yeah um, it's a game changer once you get her like her ai is so well done it okay. actually is yeah yeah um well and i think you being the artist too chris i think that that you know like you seeing the art and seeing how they did that art i think also probably plays wouldn't you say i mean don't you do you think that's part of it yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I like I haven't really watched the little like what you guys are talking about, like the little coin machines. I've watched yeah. a few of them. Um, for me, I just want to get through the game, and then I think I'll play it a second time, and then I'll mm. spend time yep. going through those things um, and seeking out hidden objects or whatever. So, but yeah, I, I enjoy the art world, like the art, and I love that the sensation of your, if I feel like I'm floating. Yeah. Like I actually get kind of dizzy watching it because like all of a sudden things are starting to slowly move and I get mm-hmm. motion sickness. Like Ooh. if I play like VR or something like that, or uh, I'm in a backseat of a car or something where I'm not in control. Like, so it was, I, it's funny that this game is doing that to me. So like, I didn't think that would happen. Did, didn't <laughs> so. they put that game in VR? I feel like they did. And it got people really sick with that whole. Are they really? I don't don't remember ever hearing that. I I could be wrong, but I thought it was the whole, or maybe they are talking about it, but then they couldn't because of the whole, like um, where you're on those rails. What was that part? You know? Oh yeah. And Mm -hmm. like, they're like, that would have just made people throw up or, or they tried and made people throw up. I thought that they were doing that. I could be wrong. Um, That was a while back when I read that too. So now I, you, I I I really like that game a lot. That's a really good game. Yeah, that entire franchise makes my top like three to five franchises of all time. Like mm-hmm. I love the Bioshock games. 
Yeah, I had to play and the that. fact that there's rumors of a four coming out, like, and they're hiring actively hiring people for four, just gets me giddy on the inside. <laughs> yeah, I had to play one. I mean, I played, I dabbled in one and two, so I should, I should go back and play those. So, oh, one will scare the poop out of you, Roger. Yeah, that's, that's yes. why I'm a little yeah. worried about playing that one. See, three scared me, but for different, not because of underwater. No, I played a little bit of one. That's why I, I had to stop because of the fact <laughs> yeah. that just the water piece and everything. I was just like, oh god, no, 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 no. Um. But three creeped me out just from my religious studies background, right? And I'm just like, right. oh my god, this is the worst cult in the world, and uh, mm-hmm. just creeped me out. Um, anything? Well, what else are you playing, Chris? You said you had a couple of games. Yes, yeah. So the other one is I, I got it on Xbox, and it's Sexy Brutale. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty fun. It's like yeah. a clue game i'm gonna say clue okay uh where you're kind of a character and a murder occurs and you're trying to solve who did it but it's it's more than just solving it you're actually trying to prevent it Mm. and the first thing you get is like a like a watch or something that allows you to reset time back to the beginning of Mm. the event and then you're trying to walk around a randomized house um and figure out the layout every time you spawn it's it's the same house once you like start the level and the mm. same murder but you still have to figure out the layout of the house every time you start a new game and and then you have to figure out like where did they get the weapon from who's doing it you know how where are they getting the ammo and you kind of like follow them but you can't be seen while they're huh. wandering around the house doing these things so you're kind of like peeking through doors um and then waiting for them to leave and then you walk in the door and try to retrieve something or beat them to a room. Um, but at the same time, you like the first time you play it, you're just looking through the door, like the peeking through doors and trying to figure out what path they're taking. Mm. Because the next time you spawn, then you're like, okay, I have to go beat this person to that room. So I know they're going to be in this room for like 20 seconds and then they're going to come into this room. So I have to go to that room first and then, you know, get, get something that prevents the, the murder hmm. i've yet i have yet to beat a single one uh it's really hard uh but i don't know if i fully get the whole concept of it and like the patterns yet. yeah yeah um but it's pretty cool that it sounds, sounds really cool really, it sounds yeah. really good yeah uh that's um, on it's on xbox and ps4 it looks and like and PC, and and pc yeah okay yeah and i think i got it for like also like ten dollars oh wow on sale so i don't think it's too expensive nice yeah no that sounds really cool um i might have to check that game out i think i this is probably bad i probably own that game actually in my backlog <laughs> if i go over to my if i go over to my playstation 4 games i think i do own it because i think my wife's like what is this game i'm like i don't know people are saying it's a great game it's never been opened yet but yeah well, yeah, my wife saw it. She's like, sexy? What is this? And I was just like, <laughs> like it's sexy, duh. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're playing it. And then she's just like, oh, this is not sexy. This is kind of boring. I'm yeah. like, oh. <laughs> then she walked away. This is not what I thought yeah, this was. <laughs> yeah, this was not. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a lot more fun until you put that in. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. This is not getting my lower area, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, excited. It's not goth like Resident Evil like it 8 instead. <laughs> it's not goth vampires. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, anything else? That's it. That's it. 
what about you, Carrington? What have you been playing? So I've had a few games I'm playing. Um, so previously, I mentioned I was playing MLB The Show, which I'm still playing. Uh, Rose The Show is fantastic. I cannot speak highly enough about it. I am now in the AAA, if you guys know baseball. So I've moved up. Trying Congratulations, to get some, thank by you, the thank way. You, trying to make my way up into uh, the big leagues still. So once if you my way up there. Once we get signed by like the Cubs or the Brewers, will you be mad? I'm I, I'm in within the Reds organization, so. Oh, you, oh, you let the, oh, okay. you chose? Come on, that's I, the coward's way out, you coward. <laughs> it's the first time playing. I had to, you know, just had to, you know, make sure I got the right team. That's I remember in 2019, fun. I was so pissed that I got drafted by the Marlins. I damn near rage quit. Oh, oh I would just quit. <laughs> but, you know, when you play for a team like the Marlins, your chances of getting called up are going to be a lot faster. True. Oh, that's true. That's very true. Or the Pirates. Yeah. And and when you play those games, you don't, I mean, in real life, you don't get much of a choice at all. No. At no. all. Yeah. So that's how I always played like football games or, or baseball, not baseball games, but like football games. Like, well, I go where I go, I guess. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I want to play for the Packers, but if I don't, I guess I go where I go. Once you get to a certain status, you can request a trade too. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or threaten to just retire. I'm still too young. <laughs> <laughs> so is so is a certain I quarterback. Hear, I hear that's a thing to do in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. You just I don't re- like my coaching staff. I'm gonna go ahead and retire. Yeah. Uh you know, sorry, not to go too much into that, but you know, I don't care. You know, let him, let him, you know, if he's not happy, then let him go. I don't, that doesn't bother me. Well, yeah, he wants to be a Bronco anyway. So let him, cause I'm a Broncos fan. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> I, I really, I really, I really don't care. I mean, you know, I, I will, sorry, not to go too much on a tangent here, but it's weird when you work at a job and you just, and you're not happy with where you work, you can quit your job. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, but if you're a sports person and you sign this contract for a lengthy contract, you can't just be like, I'm going to quit. I mean, you can quit. He can quit football altogether, but he can't just play for another team. And to me, I think that this was kind of weird. Yeah. Like if he quits, he owes them what? 13 million, 26 yeah. million, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I like, think yeah, you can weird. quit, but uh, we already own you. So you got to pay yeah. us a buttload yeah. of money to get out of your contract. Yeah. That's bizarre to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, and the reason he wants to quit is because he doesn't feel like the, organization is you know doing right Trying by the people win. yeah yeah so i don't it doesn't bother me like i've you know i've quit jobs that i was not happy at so i don't you know <laughs> it's just weird to be that he can't you know whatever whatever i'm not gonna go too much into it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me <laughs> i mean Are you on under contract though am i under contract mm-hmm. to not be bothered to not be bothered yeah <laughs> Um, no, I'm not on a contract. Uh, I guess there is what there are ways that companies can do that, saying we'll pay for your school, and if you quit early, mm-hmm. you owe us money, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's. I guess there is. I, I, I just, I just like no, that's okay. I'm never going to sign those kind of contracts. So, um, sorry, Carrington. Uh, you're a baseball <laughs> my, my, player. Yeah, yeah. He currently does not have Reds. a contract like that. He plays for the Reds. <laughs> so originally, my position was third base, and then recently, they're like. Yeah, how about we switch you to first base? And then that just hurts me on the inside because that means I won't be playing opposite of Joey Votto now. No, the good thing is Votto's going to retire in the next six months, so you've got a slot opening up any second now. True, true, which also makes me <laughs> sad. <laughs> um, I'm also that was really baseball nerd stuff that I had no idea what, what you guys are talking about. But cool. 
Cool. <laughs> I'm also playing uh, Fantasy Star Online. I was not expecting another game that I won't know what you're talking about. Cool. Well, no, just kidding. But I... <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting it to be open world the way it is because before that you have, gosh, once you enter the game, there's no loading screens, which is glorious and fantastic. And the way games should be nowadays with, you know, solid state drives and I was going to say, is that no loading screens anyways? I was going to say, is that because of the X, or if you play it on a one, does it have loading screens? Oh, it doesn't have loading screens at all. Just once you get into the game, there's no loading screens. Oh, dude, your hair is phenomenal, by the way. Thank you, thank you very much. I try. He was talking to me. Take care of it. Weren't you talking to me or what? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes, I was. (laughs) Um, your hair does look really good, Carrington. Yeah, you you had the right angle just for a half a second. Where I was just like, ooh. I don't even remember what I was doing. Hair. <laughs> Did it do it for you? Like the vampire lady? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not quite that much. Okay. Uh, I'll try and work harder then. <laughs> if you're in Resident Evil 9, we'll talk. Where is okay. the show okay. going? I have no idea. Anyway, <laughs> fa- final Final Fantasy. Fantasy Star Fantasy Online. Star Online. Final uh, Fantasy yeah. Star Online 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it still has, it still has a few issues, a few bugs here and there, just because it's still brand new and everyone's trying to play it all the time. So, some lag spikes here and there, but other than that, it's running beautifully. I did not expect the open worldness of it, which is nice. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm still excited to just dig into the world and the game. So, for somebody, so I'm a huge World of Warcraft fan, Carrington. Okay, mm-hmm. will I like this game? probably um i will say it's much easier to digest this time around like the tutorial is way easier to digest compared to fantasy star online 2 the previous expansion and the menu is also like 10 times better to navigate okay so maybe sometime we should play together you can walk you can show me the ropes okay all right i would enjoy that very much so okay all right what was Uh, the original one on is it on Dreamcast? Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. I even have a copy of it. I can go grab it. I yeah, it played the hell out of that game too. Did you really? Oh yeah. It's a lot of great. hours. Yeah. You could play four players, right? Like yeah. Mm-hmm. This yeah. one you can play more than four players, though. Right? I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Destiny and Monster Hunter mashed up together. Like that's literally what Fantasy Star Online is. Hmm. I mean, it looks cool. I, I, um, I know like. Um, some folks are streaming that. I mean, I can drop people's names, right? It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. I know Dan Tack is streaming it right now. So um, so I watched him stream it. It looked cool. I was just like, wow, that looks really fun. So. And yeah. uh, last but not least, I'm also playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Still mm. Mass Effect 1. Mm-hmm. And loving every second of it. Have you played this mm-hmm. before or no? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. It's funny because when I got the legendary, I'm like, all right, I'm going to make different choices this time. I'm going to make my shepherd look cooler. I make the same shepherd. I'm making the same choices. <laughs> it is what it is. Renegade or, uh, or what was it the other one? Paragon? Paragon. Um, I was Renegade originally, so I'm going to Renegade again. Okay. Um, I did romance, or I am romancing Liara this time around. I didn't do that first okay. time around. I don't romance okay. anyone. You didn't romance mm-hmm. anyone? Not in the first one okay. when I originally played. That's funny. It's funny that you. It's funny that you say that because, like, when I play games like Stardew Valley, for instance, like my thing was like I'm gonna romance all the characters and see where that goes. And my wife, who loves Stardew Valley too, is like, I'm not spending any time doing any of that. I have a farm I have to run. That's that's where I'm <laughs> focusing my energy on. 
Uh, it's just funny how um, how differently I'm playing. I'm playing Paragon. Okay, very nice. So, yeah, I just want to say I get kink shamed for Resident Evil Eight. <laughs> you guys are talking about romancing the outer space creatures. <laughs> well, to be fair, I said Stardew Valley. And all right, so farm girls. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, the one that I was romancing is very emo. So there you go. Yeah, see, all right, then you're in the same wheelhouse as me. <laughs> the purple hilled girl? Yeah, the purple hilled girl. Yeah. She I can't remember her name she... off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't remember her name either. It's been a long time since I played that game. So Abigail. Abigail. Yep. It's Abigail. Yep. Abigail. Yep. Yep. Plus, plus, did... plus, her parents run the store. So why wouldn't That's she? That's true. Plus, yeah. Yeah. Get a nice little discount. That's right. <laughs> I could live in a castle. <laughs> you you could sure <laughs> i was gonna say bioware recently came out with a study i guess saying that um Are they keep oh, track gotcha. of people's choices <laughs> yeah yeah they said the most nice. famous person is i can't think of her name she's in all three of them she's in a suit the entire time oh yeah 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 uh and they made you don't see her face right, in right, less, right. In, but they did in this one though right you can see her face so originally she would give you a picture of what she yeah, looks yeah. like. Yeah, that's they right. changed that picture because it was a stock photo off the internet. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I can't remember her name either. I don't remember her name. I just Liara keeps popping in my head, but it's not Liara. Yeah, it's not. Cool. Anything else? Nope, that's it. Um, okay, so for myself, um, a couple games that I've been playing. Holly, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, who I probably will be romancing, by the way. Just uh, I, <laughs> following the crowd. Yeah. It's like, so you're into girls that you can't see their faces. <laughs> girls with purple hair. Yeah, that's right. Well, and purple too. I'm I see a the weirdo. <laughs> I never said you're a weirdo, Phil. I never said you're a weirdo. Oh, uh, I was just joking. Um. Anyway. Um. So the games I've been playing. Uh, the first one I'll mention is one that I saw during E3, actually. And then I tweeted about it saying, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for this game to come out. And it is Chinatown Detective Agency. Um, and then they tweeted at me saying, the prologue's already out on Steam. Go ahead and play it. And I was like, what? And I did. And it is really good. Uh, so if you are a fan of Carmen Sandiego, um, okay. if you're a fan of like, gritty film noir type uh games if you are a fan of doing research like actually had to figure out puzzles and stuff like that this is a really good game um so there is an element where you have to do some google search on your own like they'll ask you a question and you're like i don't know the answer to this and then you have to get to search like for instance i don't this is not this is not what giving away to i'm not going to tell you what the answer is but I'll, i'll just give you an example so there was, I'll give you a couple of examples, actually. So there was one where you got, you have to track down this person that um, took off running. He worked for an insurance company and pretty much embezzled all this money. And this rich person is like, I want you to track this person down and figure out what happened to them. So you're an ex-cop uh, and you track this person down. And, but the way you can track him down, was, um, he checked out a book at the library and all, all the person that want that hired you to find them. They just knew the a quote from the book. That's all they knew. I forget why they knew the quote. So you had to like search for the quote online 
and figure out who wrote that book. So then you can go to the library and search for that book and then you can find it. And then there's like letters that are underlined and um, the librarian helps you. She does some coding for it. And then you figure, you get this code and you have to decode it. It's pretty cool. I really, I thought that was awesome. That was one example. Another one was um, this rich person. He inherited his dad's uh, wealth. And one of the things he had was a collection of stamps and he wants to donate these stamps because he, this money was, he got was, um, he's embarrassed how they got the money. Like, let's just say it that way. So um, he wants to give back. So you can earn extra money. Oh, cause all these people will pay you money. And then they can, you can earn extra money. You, if you figure out where these stamps are from, first of all, so I just Google search, you know, these stamps, which is cool. And then there was a cancellation on each of these stamps. So it's part of a town, but you couldn't tell what the, what the complete mark was, the cancellation mark, hmm. just a couple letters of the town. So you had to figure out where that was. And if you could figure that out, they would pay you extra money. And one of them was really hard. I did not figure it out. So I didn't get the extra money. Um, but the second one, I figured it out and I got the extra money for it. And then you fly around. So you have to book flights uh, and you can't miss your flights. So you can book a flight and miss your flight. Uh, it's really cool. I mean, it's just such a great game. It's, and it's all voice acted. It's so, and it's pixelated. Um, pixel art, I should say. Um, I'm really digging this game a lot. And it comes out on the switch and on steam later this year. Um, so that was a game that they were highlighting um, during the E3 event during the indie E3 event showcase. It sounds really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and then the other game that I've been playing, well, two more games I've been playing a lot. Um, Chivalry two. I could not say enough good things about this game. I know I kind of nice. mentioned it last, last week. And I was yeah. like, hey, this game came out. I'm not quite sure about it yet. And, and so I played a lot of it. And I adore this game. This game is so fun. It is so fun. It's just, so it's made by the same creators that made Maneater. Um, and it's medieval. And there's four different classes you can pick from, like an archer, a knight, a pikesman, and a swordsman of some sort. A footman, I think they call them foot soldiers or something like that. So then... Um, those are turtles man those are turtles yeah and then you it's uh six well there's different there's different modes but the ones i've been playing is 60 versus 60 and then there's two teams the red team and a blue team and then i mean but they're they have different names um and depending on what team you're on you have different objectives so like it might be you have to storm the castle you have to break down the, the gate if you're able to break down the gate then you go on to the next stage, which is to steal the gold in this area. If you're able to steal all the gold in that area, then you have to go on to this other area and steal all that gold. And if you're able to steal all that gold, then maybe the final one would you have to kill the Duke in the castle. Um, but at any point, if the team that's defending is able to defend you and stop you, because you got like five or six minutes to be able to do each one of these. And if they're able to stop you before you complete that, that section of the, of your run, then you lose. Um, and the other day I played it, I won five games in a row. Well, I didn't. Nice. My nice. team did. My team did. And then <clears> I contributed. Also, I did because I, I got a I got a uh I got a achievement of killing five people in a row too. Like I was just, just going around and it's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But my favorite part is just how gory this game is. It's just like over the top gore, right? And then yeah, and then you have castles and they have catapults and they're flying, and you can see the the rocks coming at you 
And then just explosions and bodies going poof and just flying up in the air. And I'm just like, oh my God, this game is so great. This game is so good. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, I cannot say enough about this game. This is so much fun. I just, I've been having so much fun with that game. Are you playing uh, that on the Xbox? I'm playing on the Xbox. Yes. Nice. It is on PlayStation as well, I think, and maybe PC. Um, it is cross-play as well. Cross-play compatible. Um, and then the last game I'll talk about, because um, Mike talked about it last week, and then I was like, you know, I'm going to play it. And they just, it was on sale. Matt was actually saying, I wish it was on sale. It's on sale now. Um, and it's Mario plus Rabbids yep. Kingdom Battle. And I picked up the DLC as well. Normally twenty dollars, I picked up for ten, uh, and I am enjoying the heck out of this game. This game is so good. Uh, I I wish I played it sooner. I had it on my shelf for the longest time. I just never played it. Just like Sexy Brutality or whatever it was, that game is called. <laughs> um, it's it was sitting there, just you know. I was like, oh well. And then Matt, when when Mike brought it up last week, I was like, all right. And then I saw the trailers, obviously, for the second one. I was like, I should play it. So. It's really good. It's so much fun. And I've been streaming it. So I've been streaming a lot, actually. So if you want to see some of our streams, you can go to Gamerheads Podcast or twitch.tv slash Gamerheads Podcast. You can see our streams of the games there. And we streamed uh, Destiny Destiny, Destiny 2 last night. Mm -hmm. Oh, did you guys? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn it. We did not do well. No. (laughs) (laughs) We won one game by fault. Yep. <laughs> yep. The other team just didn't show up. Not yeah. even default, just by fault. Yeah. Just by fault. One person <laughs> showed up. Yeah. And they quit. After. And then they quit. Yep. Yep. Uh, you guys we do were a playing Crucible? Gambit. Gambit. Oh, Gambit. Yeah. We did one. Oh, well, that's before you joined, Chris. Uh, yeah. Matt and I did one Crucible. And I was like, Matt, this is not. Oh, no, we did win. No, that's not true. Matt and I won a Crucible. We won so, one. So you're saying it's me? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not not at all. Like, if anything, it's funny when when I play games with Chris. Chris is like, I don't know how it is, but he's an expert on most every game that we play together. He's like, all right, you got to do this. You got to do this. We got to go over here. We got to do this. Like, you're that way with Rocket League. You're that oh, way with yeah. this game. Like, you're well, it's like, soccer. Yeah, uh, I used true. to play a lot of soccer. So that's true. I understand what we got to do. Yeah, but in this game, you're really good at it too. You're like, oh, guys, we have to do this. Come on over here. Like, one thing I think that you're good at is just figuring out puzzles really quickly. Like, yeah. you know, figuring that stuff out. So he uh, sees the big picture. Yep. And he also that's is true. very tenacious where I'm just like, uh, let's just quit, guys. This sucks. <laughs> no, we're not quitting. We're not quitting. We dropped we gotta six s- hours into this game. We're not quitting. Yeah, we got to solve this puzzle, you know? That's what will make you faster, better, stronger. Uh-huh. And what I always say, Chris, <laughs> let's just quit. Let's just, just yeah. drop out. We're never going to figure it out. It's never going to happen. Let's mm-hmm. just quit right now. Um, but no, it's been a lot of fun. And um, yeah, streaming with you guys and, and talking games with you guys has been a lot of fun. So thank you okay before we head out though i just want to let Ooh, everybody know stay tuned stay tuned for a the second half of the show where i interviewed todd mitchell and we talk about his new book so stay tuned for that um before we go though how can people get a hold of you carrington how can people get a hold of you on twitter at desert fury 90 or you know if you feel up feel you need more of me in your life you can always hit up real dudes Oh, I thought you were going to give your address. I, I can. I'm in, I'm in Ohio. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> like if you need more, well, yeah, I do need more Carrington. I need more Carrington in my life. My name on Tinder is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, great. Uh, what about you, Phil? How can people get a hold of you? You can find me on Twitter at board now, or I'm sorry, just be now 23. There's no board now 23 unless you want to challenge me in golf. Ooh, there we go. That challenge is still open. It's still wide open. Okay. My phone doesn't quit vibrating. I just keep beating everybody that challenges me. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Without even playing the game. Just like... <laughs> yeah. It just keeps going. It's always Kyle, but it still vibrates. <laughs> uh, I know, Chris, you don't really have social media, but um, nope. uh, how can people find us 414. on the web? You know? What was that? Do you know our website? Can you tell people our website? gamerheadspodcast.com that's right that's right well that was pretty close to uh that was pretty close to uh um oh my gosh what is his name no that would have been a gamerheadspodcast.com yeah (laughs) oh my gosh christian roger christian Christian, edit the shit out of that segment oh my gosh you don't remember just in case christian just in case he listens my my mind was just i I almost said chris but i was like it's not chris it's christian no you're talking to chris yeah um do you know our twitter handle yeah do you know our twitter <laughs> handle handle at all uh, uh PC. oh yep i wrote it down at some point do you know what our email address is <laughs> you have do we have a general one i know yeah, we roger do. We do oh, okay. <laughs> gamerheads podcast at gmail.com no oh no it's info at gamerheadspodcast.com info. oh who needs the info uh, I just say Roger at info at gamerheadspodcast.com. We're a company, Phil. We are a true company. We have an email address. I mean, we're the company of each other. I'll give us that. That's true. That's true. Uh, and then listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at gamerheadspc, or you can send us an email, like I said, at info at gamerheadspodcast.com or check us out online and follow us on Twitch as well, where we, we're going to be streaming more games. I think um, that was a lot of fun. So gentlemen, Thank you for joining me this week. So, Carrington, thank you so much for joining me. And Chris, Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And Phil, thank you so much for joining me. Always. <laughs> and listeners, thank you so much for uh, giving some time to us. And stay tuned, like I said, for the second half of the show. Uh, we'll be right back. And welcome back to Gamerheads. My guest today is Todd Mitchell. He is an indie developer, podcaster, and now he can add author to his resume with his new book, Inside Video Game Creation, Development Experts Share Their Stories. Todd, welcome back to the show. Roger, good to talk to you again. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I'm excited. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's great to have you back. Uh, you were on, I think I was looking at well, last time that I had you on the show, it was about a year ago, actually a little bit over a year ago. Um, right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh, it, it felt like a few months. I felt like I shouldn't ask to be on this fast because <laughs> it was just, just, uh, what, you know, it felt like weeks ago at the time. <laughs> it did. Right. I know. And I was looking, I was like, wow, it's, it's been, I mean, we chat 
you know, back and forth on Twitter and such, but uh, yeah, that's, yes. this is, it's great to have you back. Um, so for the folks that don't know you, um, first of all, they should go back and listen to that episode where we had our first interview, <laughs> <laughs> but why don't you tell us about yourself and then what inspired you to write this book? Sure. It's uh, I have to say it's, it's a very different tone this time. Cause last we spoke, we were talking about people trying to navigate the pandemic and it was, yeah. It was a lot different conversation. So uh, it's it's nice to be able to come back under more hopeful circumstances. Things are a lot better now. So for anybody who doesn't know me, I, I started a website called CodeWritePlay.com. It's a game industry shop talk site. On that website, I run a companion podcast called Game Dev Breakdown. I've been a software developer outside games for a long time and in the last five or six years, I got to go indie, take care of my son, and work on independent games. I also interview uh, game developers from the industry, indies, pros, anybody I can talk to who creates something. And it's a really fun way to sort of connect with the community and present different talents, people who know more than we do, you know, the average person about, you know, the game industry and creating the things we love to, to play and do. So, I recently released my first book, which is a sort of a compilation of interviews I've done since that time with uh, incredible people from the game industry. Again, indies and pros, and uh, they're just condensed, sort of edited down interviews that that I've done during that time to kind of present their stories about how they got in, what they've accomplished, and what's next. It's it's a look at the video game landscape of of right now, trying to capture history a little bit nice um and how did you go about deciding like what interviews went into the book uh and and are you are you thinking about like making a a volume like maybe a couple a couple of these books maybe with different interviews and such yeah it's it's an interesting question because when i first started this i actually wasn't sure whether i wanted to do just a straight Q and a interview book, which is what I ended up doing. It's, it's basically my questions, their answers with very little narration in between. So if, if I think something needs to be elaborated on, I'll explain it. Uh, so right up until the last chapter in the book, it's, it's straight Q and a, and then the last chapter I told a story because I thought it needed more explaining. And, uh, it's something that never went out on the podcast or the website. So I, I went ahead and did, did narrative focus on that last one. But at the time I didn't know if I wanted it to be more of a, uh, story based, you know, I did the research and using that, I create a story in each chapter about the person and their life and what they do and everything. So I, I looked at these interviews as a collection of source material and went, who, who has stories that kind of fit the theme of what I want to do here? You know, who has Mm. a story that we can follow their, their journey into the industry and, you know, really be there and sort of see it from their perspective. So I tried to shoot for those stories that fit that the best and ended up realizing, you know, just hearing their stories in their own words, really, I I felt like it took me to that place where I could sort of see it unfold in my mind. And I thought, I don't need to to get in the way of that. I don't need to step on that material so I can kind of let them tell it from their own words. So I looked for those stories that just kind of fit well, that let me sort of follow them on those journeys. And uh, I I think the the result is I do feel like even without 
interjecting much material in the way of like it was a rainy day in seattle you know <laughs> that kind of thing yeah <laughs> i do feel like those kind of take you on that journey so i was really pleased with how it came out i i enjoyed doing it so i hope people enjoy kind of following that themselves also yeah no but, I, uh, I i oh, oh go ahead go ahead sorry didn't mean to cut you off <laughs> i was just gonna say no <laughs> to answer the the second part i yeah i could do i could easily i think co- pick another collection to do exactly the same thing again, but I'm kind of thinking about maybe narrowing the focus a little bit and do something like uh, one focused on all indie developers or all artists. I mean, there, there are a Mm. number of directions I could take that. And I, I think it would be pretty fun to do that. Or, you know, I could go into more of a narrative focus and, you know, tell flowery stories with lots of (laughs) prose or something, but uh, there are other directions to take it, you know, just, just depending on what jumps out at me that way. There, there are a few ways to play it from here, I think. Nice. Yeah, I think um, the one thing that that stuck out for me in the book was that it was, you know, a really good story about the journey of these folks and and how they all got into the game industry. And, you know, I think there's, there's some themes that go through that, and we can talk about that in a little bit. But who... Who is your intended audience for this book? Who, like, if you, when you sat down and you're like, all right, I want somebody, you know, who's going to read this book? Um, and, and, and when you were thinking about like putting these together, who, who were you thinking that this would go, would be a, a good book for? The, the joke answer, but it's kind of the truest answer <laughs> also is the book is for me when I was 13, <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> as, I, as I mentioned early, <laughs> as I mentioned early on, I grew up very into this stuff. And as I got old enough to realize games are not only being like sold and created and played, they're being written about. There are authors, there have been authors for many years now who have followed studios very closely. They've been sort of embedded in the game industry following the action and sort of sharing it with readers as soon as i got old enough to realize that i was hooked on that and Mm. i have never stopped reading books and magazines and interviews like that that's fascinating to me so i thought i don't entirely know how just how big that audience is and i'm still sort of getting a feel for how many people are into exactly that but i always loved that content the the authors who did books like that I am a huge fan of that. So I wanted to create more of that content just to put on that same shelf. It's been so fun to create that content and see it from, you know, the the actual writing side of it. It's been very fun. And I'm sure there, you know, I know now that there are teenagers and and, uh, young adults who are very into that kind of thing, as well as adults, you know, like us who have been into this stuff their entire lives and have maybe never taken a look behind the curtain it's for anybody who wants to see kind of behind the magic of video games hopefully without ruining that magic by showing (laughs) to me i feel like once i've heard the stories and seen the lives of the people who create the the really noteworthy stuff that sticks out in our minds it's it's maybe even more magic for me like to Mm. see what really goes into it and what's sacrificed and what's given up and what's earned i i feel no no less excited about it than when I was young, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting that you say that and, um, you know, showing a little bit of the, the magic trick I think is always kind of fun. 
um, because because you, you get to learn a little bit about, uh, you know, your your own path too, and and we'll talk about that too because that's one aspect that I really enjoyed about the book too is your own path uh, in this in this industry. Um, but one of the aspects of the book that I really liked is that each person in the book or each each interview, I should say, because some of the interviews are more than one person, um, but they have their own way that they got into industry. Um, but there is a sense that there is a, a uh, theme that goes through it. And that's for me, I think it was a sense of curiosity of what drove them and, and that they want to create something. Um, what, what themes did you start seeing in the book uh, that stretches throughout the whole stories for yourself? Yeah. When I first started creating content like this, and I'm including time I've spent interviewing people on the podcast, writing about people on the blog, I thought that it was going to be a connection or an activity where I just kind of network with people and just get a sense of like who's doing what and what's interesting about it and sort of share that with, uh, in, you know, the readers and the, and the listeners and things. But what I started to notice in terms of a theme is, you know, there are always going to be those really inspiring stories about, you know, this young teenager learned how to code in his basement or his, you know, spare bedroom and, and accomplished something incredible. You know, all, all the stories of, you know, your, your Minecrafts and your uh, Stardew Valleys and stuff, they're really inspiring stories about people learning what they have to learn to create something awesome. And I think, okay, and I'll go all the way up to interviewing somebody who went straight from like college to work at electronic arts mm-hmm. and see the differences about those stories. And I, you know, I, I had my own bias. I thought, you know, I'd talk to somebody like that and it wasn't going to be as interesting a story or it even might be the kind of thing that makes you feel like that's not fair. That guy got to go straight from school <laughs> <laughs> into the most incredible job in the game industry. Right. Yeah. So, but what I found is making some of those friends and seeing that they're normal people like me who are just as passionate about games is that there is a very interesting thread woven between all of these stories. That is, these are people who nothing was going to stop these people from doing this work. And if you, the more you learn about games, the more you learn, there are barriers for everyone uh, more for some people than others, which is very unfortunate. Uh, But there are barriers that would stop any rational person from continuing into this line of work. I mean, they're very, (laughs) people have said, you know, every time a a game is created, it's a miracle. I believe that there's, it's, it's not easy to get through any game project and it takes a certain kind of person with a certain kind of stubbornness to say, nothing is going to stop me from doing this work. And that has emerged time and time again in every story, in every interview. These are people who were not going to be told no and not going to be told it can't be done or you can't be the one to do it. And since sort of identifying that it's been so fun to see what different forms that story takes. And that's, that has been a big thing that has emerged from doing this project. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Uh, and, and one thing that I, I got out of the book too, is just, it's interesting uh, how, <laughs> how demanding gamers are uh, and, mm and how much work goes into putting into a game. And, and, you know, I think there was, uh, 
I know there was one chapter for sure where they talked about, you know, like gamers are just saying port it to switch, port it to switch. It's not like a button you can just hit that ports it to switch. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Right. Um, I think it was really surreal for me uh, reading this book and then E3 happens. And, and I, and I know that it's not ever, I know that it's not everybody, but my word, there was a lot of negativity <laughs> this year. <at> <laughs> um, and one of the aspects I really enjoyed about the book was that another theme that kind of came through for me is how much work goes into the creating these projects, like you said, and that the, there's real people behind these projects, not just big corporations. And I think people start losing sight of that. Um, and I think that's really important uh, with this book. I think that really highlights that. Um, especially with all the negative comments that we've seen out there. So how do we steer the conversations from focusing on more of the, you know, the negative and, you know, and if you bring it up, you bring up to somebody saying, you know, don't be so negative. There's people, you know, there's people that create these games and they're like, Oh, big corporations are going to practice big corporations. Well, you know, even, even those folks that work at, you know, big games, there are people that make those games that have a lot of joy and passion in what they do. How do we change that? How do we steer that conversation to be more positive? That is a fantastic question. And it's a topic I didn't really expect to become important in the book and on the podcast. And I think it has become a very big focus for me in both places, because again, I I'm the first one to tell you, like I had my own preconceived notions about people at big studios and you know how the industry worked at the top and i've learned so much and i feel like we have to preface this sort of conversation by saying you know as i know you feel as well when we say gamers it's not all gamers when we say developers it's not all developers not every gamer is harassing a developer in their inbox <laughs> right and not every uh, PR person at a studio is on Twitter saying like all gamers are bad. It's not anything like that, but we do see too much negativity. And like you said, E3 is, is the time it really sticks out like a sore thumb. It's not hard to find. <laughs> and when uh, two different people from Gearbox have separate chapters in the book mm -hmm. and at the time we were, I talked to the first one, Joshua Davidson, right before Borderlands 3 dropped. And the second one was Ash Lyons. I spoke with him right after release. And that turned out to be an interesting comparison. Mm. Uh, it's, I mean, Gearbox is huge. Since that time, Gearbox was sold for, I don't even remember the staggering number that the, uh, the, the holding company that bought Gearbox, uh, they're still working with 2K as a publisher, but they were sold for quite a bit of money. So that's become top level industry stuff. And at the time when they were working on Borderlands three, a game like Borderlands three takes forever to make years, you know, mm -hmm. half a decade. And all the while gamers are going, where's Borderlands three. <laughs> they hear something, you know, uh, journalists are looking for any little bit of information they can get about the studio. And things started coming out about Randy Pitchford and uh, other, you know, executive level people at the studio, which uh, cast the studio in a negative light for a while. The Epic game store thing came up. Oh, it's going to be exclusive to the store for so long. Everybody was irate by the time there was any real news about Borderlands 3, yeah. which was, you know, you can argue 
well, it's it's Gearbox, they're a giant studio, who cares? And, and the truth is that impacts a lot of people on a very personal level who are just getting up every morning and going, I worked my way into the industry. I get to do the coolest job in the world. How's it going to go today? And they just go and they try to make cool stuff with their friends and they check Twitter on their lunch break and everyone's furious. Yeah. And it's, that's not these people's faults. Uh, it's, it's really unfortunate the way that this impacts the individual's in these stories because very rarely is it anything to do with anyone below executive level. These are just the rank and file creators who are doing really cool work. They're very good at their jobs and they're doing awesome stuff. That's pushing the industry forward. And then they have to deal with Reddit and Twitter and everybody on YouTube. You know, I don't have to tell anyone what the YouTube comment section is like, <laughs> but it's, it's supremely unfair. And I think all we can do, is there's been a big shift this direction in the last decade or so, but we have to talk about the stories below that executive level in the creative seats, the people who are filling those seats and studios are not doing these people a good service by blocking everybody out and keeping everything on lockdown and refusing to talk about it. Uh, at that time, because of the, the way the press stuff was going, I had kind of a hard time getting these interviews out there. And I made the mistake of, you know, I, I spoke with Joshua Davidson because I ran into him on Twitter. Like there was nothing to do with me reaching out to Gearbox or submitting anything to their PR. I found a guy who had written some cool posts on the internet about game audio. And I said, Hey, I'd love to help you share your story. I was interested in promoting him, not Gearbox and not Borderlands. I wanted this interesting person I met to get some more attention on the stuff he was talking about. And we kind of ran afoul of what Gearbox wanted out there at that time. And it wasn't really our fault. Uh, they were, they were understanding. He didn't really do anything wrong or say anything wrong. He's got a very level head about him and he knows what to say and what not to say, but they were uncomfortable with it. And I already had a second interview lined up with Gearbox at that time. <laughs> <laughs> And so I went to the second guy who was Ash Lyons and I said, Hey, uh, I think we need to hit the brakes on this. I was honestly going to cancel it. I, mm. I wasn't comfortable. This wasn't something I'm not a, a leak guy. I'm not a gotcha journalist guy. I'm just a guy trying to make some content people like. So I said, if this is going to be an issue, let's just not do it. Mm. And to, to their credit gearbox in the midst of all this fury online and all these rumors and leaks and stuff that were going on, they said, just talk to us about what you want to do. And when I explained, I'm trying to shine the spotlight on the creative people at your studio. That's all I want to do. I can't really give you a list of questions I want to ask because I just want to hear about the guy's background, how he got into the industry, the cool work he does, why people, you know, would make a connection with this person and recognize him as a human being. They went with it. They said, okay, that's, perfectly fine. And I said, you know, you can, I'm happy to send it to you before I publish it. They said, no, it's fine. Do that. And that's the kind of stuff we need to do is the long winded answer to that question. We need to put the focus on the people doing the work, not making the decisions, but doing the creative work, understanding that those are humans who are sacrificing way too much almost across the board, across the industry. These people don't spend the time with their families that they should. They don't get paid what they should. 
it's almost ubiquitous across the entire industry. They're sacrificing everything to do the work they want to do. And we need to recognize that and see that they're humans and their, their lives maybe have suffered because of what they're doing. And we need to uh, appreciate that for what it is. And the faster we're able to do that, some, some critics are never going to change. We know that. <laughs> Yeah. But the perception as a whole could change in a very positive direction if we want to focus on the actual people involved. I know that's a, a bit of a cheesy answer also, but we just need to appreciate that these are human beings is all. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. And and it's interesting that you say that because, you know, I think I think most of these studios have moved to an agile type framework for uh, for development. And, you know, and part of that sure. is the transparency, right? And, and the other the other aspect of, of Agile, at least the shops that I've worked in, has always been about focusing on, you know, the, the creative efforts, or at least the teams that I've always worked with, I've always had the developers be the ones that demo back after the, you know, after the, this, the sprint ends or after the iteration ends, have them give the demo back to our business owners of what they created because it's about them. It's about their, you know, it's not about what I did and how I managed that. It's about what they did and how they, they built that. And it's interesting that in a development shop, I think a lot of shops focus on the agile aspect, but it's, it's transparency to their stakeholders, but not transparency to, uh, you know, to, to, to the folks that, that are consuming the media. And to your point, if there's more of, Let's have, you know, let's have the people that are making this, the creators of making this, you know, show off the work. I think that would go over really well. I think that's a great point because we we almost nailed it back in the Sid Meier days, right? Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we went, let's put the person's name on it. Let's yeah. let him be the star a little bit. And since that time, we've gone in a direction where the the developers unfortunately get it from both ends because the gamers get mad at them and then the stakeholders don't always understand them either. So I think what you brought up right there is a fantastic solution. Like that person who made the work needs to be able to connect with also people at the top level a little bit. So there can be more of an understanding from both directions. You know, the stakeholder is a person too. They, they're not always making popular choices and not always making fair choices. But if they could be across the table from you and say, here's what I need. <laughs> and the creative person can say, you know, I understand that. And here's how I can meet that. Or here's what I've done to meet that. We can come a long way very fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things I really like about your book is uh, I think that you have a really good way of uh, connecting with folks and asking really good questions and and making it into a really good narrative and, and pulling out interesting uh, conversations in the book. Um, I just wanted to say that that folks that that haven't read this book really should go out and get this book because it's just it's such a good um, you just do such a good job with asking questions and and just it just it flows really well and it's in the chapters are interesting they're not super long either like they're you know it's not it's not mm -hmm. like a book that you have to sit there and read the whole thing at once you can pick and choose different chapters you can jump into a different chapter you can you know you can read the chapters that are more <laughs> interesting to you right away I, I love that about this book and i think you do a really good job with that 
Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I think the chapters end up being right around the length of, if you think about one of the longer features at like Polygon or Kotaku, they end up being sort of in that range. Uh, you know, we're talking like seven to 11,000 words, which uh, is, is more words than it sounds like once you're reading. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it goes really fast. But, uh, <laughs> I appreciate the the compliment in terms of conversation and interviewing and stuff, because I got into this in the first place because I did not feel like I was a good communicator. Like I didn't mm. feel like I was a good listener. I felt like it maybe held me back in my career a little bit. And mm. the best thing I can tell you about that is I started doing this thinking like, surely this will get me out of my shell a little bit. It'll teach me how to be a better listener, which is extremely important. And what I've learned over time is, the best interviewers are the ones who can burn away all of the pretense and all of the like, I researched everything about you and I'm here to show off. You know, it's, yeah, it's not yeah. that like if I can, if, if I can bring my sincere curiosity to a conversation and ask very simple questions and remember who the listener is and what they need to know, it, it goes way, way better. The, the closer I've gotten to that, it's not perfect by any means, but it's come a long way. And the, the more, the, the more brevity I can bring to it and just simple, curious questions, the better things tend to go. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I didn't know that about you. And I love that, that you shared that. Um, and I will say I read the book and I was, <laughs> I will, I'll be honest. I was like a little jealous. I was like, man, you are really good at asking questions. It's really insightful questions. Oh. So <laughs> means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, another aspect of, a lot. <laughs> another another aspect I really enjoyed about the book is that you start off with your own journey into the game industry. Um, what did you learn about yourself and your own path path uh, in the industry after completing this book? Yeah, I didn't think that was going to be. I, I was kind of wondering if I should even bother to approach the introduction the way that I did. I thought okay, you know, a little honesty and a little background people might appreciate, but I thought, should I keep it even simpler and just say what the book is? You know, this started like I interview people for my podcast and for my website. Here it is, you know, cause I appreciate a simple introduction too. I don't, I don't like starting a new book at, you know, 10 PM at night and getting sleepy and falling asleep during the introduction. So but, uh, <laughs> what I did was I told the story of like, how I grew up and, you know, my introduction to games and then how that transitioned into what I do now. So I included that just thinking, you know, here's, here's me and here's what you need to know about me. But, uh, what, I, what I learned was through the work I've done interviewing people and gathering those stories, you know, I always felt like I was a little bit of an industry outsider because I started as an indie. I've interviewed I haven't interviewed with a ton of studios, but I came from an area where the industry presence is not strong at all. Hmm. So I, I'm from greater St. Louis, Missouri, for, for those who don't know, and we don't have many studios here. We have in the past, they've come and gone, and now there are only a couple of employers at all in the industry. So I felt like I never really had a chance. Honestly, I grew up thinking like it was kind of unfair and I never really like, Oh, it's, you know, I, I don't have any friends in the industry and I never got a chance and it's unfair. And honestly, if we're being fully transparent, as I started to talk to these people, I had to mature a little bit and realize these people gave things up 
and took actions that I was not willing to take. Mm. And they made sacrifices I was not willing to make at the time. So it, I had to sort of swallow my pride a little bit and just go, you know, maybe I could have had a run at it. I just didn't take the steps. It would have really taken, like if you look at a chapter like uh, our friend Jordan Michael Lemos, who mm-hmm. wrote for Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. that poor guy. I I consider him a friend at this point because we've spoken a number of times. We've been connected on Twitter for years, but he's been through so much. He's worked at the biggest studios in the industry. He's been laid off too many times. He's been on one project and then just cast aside. And I'm, I'm glad to say he's employed now and he's, he's seems to be doing better, but he's been through things. Most of us could never endure just to do the work he wanted to do. So it was a little bit of a prolonged wake up call for me to go, you know, it's not that it was unfair. It's not that I never had a chance. It's that I didn't honestly bring what I needed to bring to the table to really take a run in the industry. And it, it made me more comfortable with the choices I've made. I'm very happy now. Things have worked out fine. It's just there is a level of sacrifice that it takes that uh, not many people will meet <laughs> to really get a run in the industry. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Jordan's story is one that when I, mean, I knew his story because, yeah, I'm, I'm his friend as well. Um, but when I read his story, mm-hmm. you know, I, I you know, I. I I wanted to get one well, and not, not that I if, if the opportunity presented itself, I'd be like, yeah, sure. I want to join the game industry. But I mean, you hear stories like that all the time of just, you know, you wake up one day and you no longer have a job. And I just I I oh, that's his story is very heartbreaking. Um, but his is not the only story. There's a lot of stories like that in the game industry. It's a very, very difficult industry. Um, and that's, I think that's one thing that also came across in the book as well, is just how, you know, how people take, you know, they have taken their knocks to get into this. And, and I think that's a really good point in this, in this, in this book is just the, um, the, the strength that people have and the drive that people have. Um, and, and it's, and I think when you see people that are successful, and that they're in the industry, you think, oh, like, like, like they had it made, they had it easy, right? But I, it, that, that's certainly not the case. And I think that came off really well in the book of just like how difficult it yeah. is to get into this industry. Without giving away a huge spoiler, uh, the fi- when you get to the final chapter, this one element of this almost reaches superhuman levels because the the subject of the last chapter, which is a story that I've not released anywhere else, mm-hmm. is about a guy who uh, was in New York City uh, building an entirely separate career. He's a fantastic photographer. He was working in the newspaper industry there, which is one of the last places where there is a really strong newspaper presence to this day. He lived through like every major terrorist attack of our time, Hmm. building that career, working in places that were attacked during those terrorist attacks and had to leave it all to follow the, the game development dream and do what he wanted to do, take on a completely different life. It's it's heartbreaking. People do incredible things and sometimes it doesn't work out at all. And it's a really uh, sort of heart wrenching thing sometimes as as uplifting as it can be there there are also some real 
really unfair stories. So yes, it's, it's a really incredible thing to witness. Yeah. Uh, what do you hope people take away from, uh, take away after reading this book? My hopes for readers <laughs> are, uh, for one thing, everybody in the book sacrificed time out of their day and you know how unfair schedules are for game developers yes. everyone in the book gave me a ton of time they were very very uh understanding with me very patient with me to not only do the initial interviews but almost every one of those people read back through their chapters provided insight updates uh you know things uh clarification on things that they said in interviews and went you know that's that's not even really the best way I could have phrased that. Here's what you could say. Like everyone was fantastic during this project. Mm. So uh, I, I do hope that those people are able to reach sort of new audiences and new, new fans this way. I think they deserve more attention on the, uh, the, the material that they put forward is, is fantastic. And also I really hope that this only enhances the sense of like wonder and magic for people who love video games, just love the technology and the experience and just wanted to learn more about it. I hope this only builds on that for people and doesn't leave, you know, a bad taste in anyone's mouth about it because it's so magical for me. I think it's so magical for almost everyone in the book. And so I, I hope that sort of builds on that sense of like real enthusiasm about what this industry can be and what the games can be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I can't say enough about this book. This is a good things about this book. This is a really good book. Uh, Todd, how can people, how can people get this book? So I published the book through Amazon. So that really is the best place to go uh, check it out. It is a part of the Kindle Unlimited program. So if you happen to subscribe to that, you can actually check out the ebook for free and I'll still get paid. So I won't mind. So, <laughs> um, but the uh, e <laughs> the ebook is for sale on Amazon. There is a paperback for sale and I got to take part in a sort of hush hush top secret program but I can talk about it now. There is a hardback on oh. uh, Amazon through, through Amazon. So if you want a really fancy one on your shelf, <laughs> so, I don't know if it'll just be me and my family buying that, but I, I was very excited about it. So it's, it's in like every format you can imagine. Nice. And how, how can people uh, get a hold of you and follow you? Absolutely. So everything I do ends up at my website, codewriteplay.com. And uh, Game Dev Breakdown is a podcast that's available on every platform. I went to great lengths to ensure that that was true. And uh, I spend a ton of time on Twitter, so I'm very easy to reach there. Uh, my username is MechaToddzilla with one D and two L's. Game Dev Pod is the podcast and CodeWrite Play is uh, the, the Twitter for uh, the website. So you can find all three on Twitter. And I you'll see i'm there too often i tweet too many things and i respond to everyone about everything that's my entire business model is just be on twitter so uh, <laughs> never hesitate i'm happy to hear from you <laughs> sounds good well todd thank you so much for joining me today and talking about your book uh it it is a really good read and you know folks that if you have any interest in the industry and you want to learn more about the the stories and the backgrounds of of the folks and how people got into the industry this is a really really great book uh, so thank you again thank you so so much fun to come back thank you so much for listening to gamerheads 
Remember, new episodes release every Sunday, and if you like what you hear, check us out at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. 